Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. That song always moves me because I understand a little bit about the story behind the song. I don't know if you are aware of it, but it was written by a man as he journeyed across the, uh, the Atlantic to be reunited with uh, his family. Kids, if you want to head out, Miss Patty is waiting for you uh, with open arms. Uh, I can see all the little scurrying feet, including Chris Canaries. <laughs> um, he, he was uh, crossing the Atlantic to um, be reunited with his family, who had left earlier on a different ship, but they didn't all make it that way. Um, they didn't make it to the destination. There was an accident in the middle of the Atlantic, and his, uh, his family, many of them perished that night. And as he crossed the sea, about the place where his family uh, lost their life that night, uh, he, these words came to his heart. And I am thankful that we have a God who is with us in the midst of the hardest times. And I don't know about you, I hope, I really hope that today you can say that the, this song that we just sang is not just a song to sing, but it's a testimony in your heart. I heard a few amens uh, throughout the, the song, and I'm thankful for that. I just hope and pray that uh, truly this would be your heart cry, that it is well with my soul because and only because Christ is in it. It changes everything. And I, I look to a world that is seeking for hope. Uh, they're looking for joy. They're looking for transformation and answers. And unfortunately, sometimes they're looking in all the wrong places. Uh, and the answer is actually a lot simpler than we may make it out to be. So this morning, I want to welcome you to real life. Uh, we live it all week, but uh, uh, we, get, we get together on Sunday mornings, and we get to share life together. So uh, welcome, whether you're here in person or online. Uh, this morning, uh, we're talking about joy, joy because of God. Uh, joy because of God. And I was thinking about all these different things that I could show you, but I just wanted to tell you a quick story this week, uh, about this week. Um, Christy and I, every once in a while, will send out a birthday greeting. <laughs> I wish I could show it to you. We send out birthday greetings, and we have this filter on the phone that makes us look like aliens or something. If you've, have you ever seen, raise your hand, I think this will probably resonate with some of our younger crowd, um, the crazy frog. Crazy frog, you know crazy frog? Crazy frog looks like a frog. Well, as we're, it, it, the filter makes us look like that. And so as we're recording this greeting for a friend of ours this week, um, it struck me that uh, because of this filter, my mouth looks really, really big. And I was like, I'm almost bothered by the fact that you can see inside my mouth like you could drive a freight train through what you're seeing on this video. And I said, Christy, we have got to do another video. She says, why? I said, because I have figured something out. She says, what have you figured out? I said, I'm the crazy frog. 
<laughs> she said, what are you talking about? I said, look. So we re recorded it. She says, you're right. You are the crazy frog. But she could not stop laughing. She was crying. She was so uh, overjoyed by my idiocy. Uh, it was amazing. And it was good to my heart to see my wife laughing uncontrollably. I don't know about you, uh, husbands. Uh, hopefully your wives uh, laugh with you more than they laugh at you. <laughs> but I hope that uh, we all can be sources of joy to those around us. Because we need it, folks. We need a good dose of just Jesus joy in our lives. And my hope and my prayer is that as you're seeing things around you this Christmas, that you would be filled with amazing, amazing joy. Well, this morning we want to hop into uh, Luke's gospel as we um, will read a little bit of the, the Christmas story. Uh, I look forward to Christmas Eve because we could just read the whole thing. Uh, but this morning I want to read for you a portion of it out of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Uh, the words uh, of the Lord say this. The night, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, which is actually a common response. When God shows up in people's lives throughout scripture, often there is fear or terror involved. But the next words out of the messenger's mouths usually are, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly uh, in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we all say together, thank you, Jesus. Um, as the, if you spend any time in Scripture, which I hope you all are doing, and I hope that you are living into the questions that rise up in you as you read. Uh, Christy and I are thrilled when we get a text every so often and someone's asking us a question. Uh, sometimes we know those answers. Sometimes they puzzle us. And so we get to go looking as well. And it's, in, it's fun as a community to be looking through Scripture together. But as, as we read this passage of Scripture this morning, there's all sorts of things that we can take detours on. Uh, words, phrases, situations, realities that we can all kind of get hung up on. And we probably should get hung up on them because there's such good stuff in there. But this morning, we want to look at the joy that is mentioned in this passage of Scripture. I, will, I bring you good news that will bring great joy, not just to you, but to all people. Envision yourself uh, out in the fields that day. You've got a bunch of sheep around you. You've got several shepherds, and you've got this angel that shows up. Throughout Scripture, angels have served many different roles, but their primary role is messenger. They are there to say something on behalf of God to humanity. 
in the Christmas story, there are several of these moments when an angel shows up to someone who is unsuspecting. I mean, they, it's not even on their radar. But an angel shows up in their common, routine, mundane things of life, and their world gets rocked by the message from the messenger. And as we think about this, this joy that we're talking about, if we trace this word joy back through its evolution and its usage, we come back to a Latin word that we know as rejoice. Rejoice and joy are two words that share a common beginning. And while rejoice is something that we may do, joy is something that we have. And they both play off of each other. So if rejoicing uh, comes out of our joy, we need to consider the source of joy, where you and I uh, find this joy that enables us to rejoice quite deeply. So we know um, that rejoicing is not something that we just muster up. It's not something that we try really, really hard you, you can't try to rejoice harder and somehow hope to find uh, it, it, it well up in you, you more. If the source of joy is our rejoicing, I want to know what is the source of our rejoicing? At, 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 behind and underneath both joy and rejoicing exists something that we need to grab a hold of. Because if we can't, we're going to be searching desperately for joy. And we're going to find it a struggle to rejoice but we need to get under that. In our passage this morning, we find that the source of rejoicing is good news. Rejoicing is always a response to good news. I can guarantee you today that there are a lot of families in a community in Oxford, Michigan who are struggling to rejoice. And I'm guessing this week, um, I haven't followed very closely, but if they haven't already, they will be laying to rest for teenagers um, whose life was stolen way too early. And I don't know how much rejoicing is going to happen. But I can tell you this, and I, I see it, uh, I've seen it throughout ministry, that even in the midst of our darkest moments, we can find re the ability to rejoice because the one who is with us in our trial. And my prayer, and I hope your prayer for Oxford and for those of your loved ones who are sick and those who are struggling, I hope and I pray that we would be able to, to ask, Lord God, show up in the midst of these dark moments. And the reality, church, is we don't have to ask God to show up. God's already there. We need help seeing God in the midst of the darkness. We need the blinders taken off. We need our lenses focused. We need to be able to pay attention and see and hear and encounter the God who is with us in the midst of every situation of life. It's like showing up to be part of church on a Sunday morning. There's two reasons why you might be here today. There are, uh, these two are pretty broad strokes. They have many subtleties underneath them. Uh, but you are either here because you feel like that is what you have to do. It might look like some teens or some children or, 
or, or maybe some friends or, or maybe your spouse who feels like uh, they were drugged here today. Uh, it wasn't their desire to do that, but they're here because someone else is making them be here. That's one, one way. Uh, another option is that you are here today because you are responding to the good news that God is up to great things and you want to respond to that invitation. You want to be part of that more fully and more deeply. One of these things is obligation. The other is response. And as we think about joy, are you trying really hard to, to, to muster up enough joy in your life so that you can rejoice and put on that face? Or has something got a hold of you that has changed the way you see things? My hope and my prayer is that it is the second of the two. You can either try to rejoice because that is what you're supposed to do, or you can rejoice because the good news of what God is up to has gotten a hold of you. Why is joy supposed to be the nature of God's people? For starters, God shows up in the ordinary corners of life. This is a part of what good news is. Even in the monotony of life, in the moments of poor hiding, God shows up. God showed up in Mary's life. God showed up in Joseph's life and, and Elizabeth and Zechariah and uh, wise men and shepherds. God shows up when we are probably uh, at our worst when it comes to seeking God out. God shows up. And I am so thankful that in the midst of God, sh God showing up in my mundane, I'm so glad that I can say that because there are times when I just, I don't have what it takes. Maybe you're the same as me. But I need God to show up in unexpected places and in unexpected ways. God showed up in the night that night. God showed up in the fields out in the middle, away from town, away from any religious building or structure or routine. God showed up where God probably shouldn't have shown up. At least that's not where people expect to look for, for God, but that's where God showed up. And God exposes darkness. I, I love putting myself in the story. Maybe you do too. And I think that as I step into the story, I find this truth. There is a close proximity between fear and joy. The line is, is very thin between the two. Fear is due to the perceived absence of God's presence. It's the idea that we have that God's just not here. God is on vacation. God is not going to show up. God is not going to answer my, my prayer. God, is just, God has left the building. God has left my life. I have been abandoned. That is fear. Joy is due to the presence of God. They are both responses to the presence or absence of presence of God. The more time you spend in the presence of God, the more joy you will find. I, I'm the kind of uh, guy who, as a pastor, I find it very dangerous for us to throw out religious platitudes as though they're just going to simply cover over everything. I know, and I hope you do too, that the Holy Spirit can move in our lives and transform even the darkest of days. Hear me say that. But sometimes 
we Christians have these catchphrases that we just kind of lob out there as though that should just kind of take care of the deal. And people just need to have more faith or they need to pray harder. Or... Church, can I just say this? There are people who have prayed their guts out and the prayer's not being answered. And I think it's very dangerous for us to say, well, there must be a problem with them. We find that in scripture. Someone said, well, who, who um, this young man was, uh, was sick, was ravished by an illness. And uh, the question was asked, well, who sinned that this kid was dealing with this kind of stuff? And Jesus said, no one sinned. This here is evidence that the brokenness of our world manifests, manifests itself in our lives. And so I want us to be careful when we say uh, our, our little catchphrases uh, because I, I think we need to make sure that we stick with those catchphrases instead of using them as, well, I don't want to get involved, so I'm just going to throw this out there. The good news is that God is not a God who just throws catchphrases out there and lets us figure it out. God is the God who shows up, and that is good news. So I, 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 this can be one of those platitudes, just spend more time with Jesus. If we say that, we've got to help people understand what it looks like to spend time more, more time with Jesus. And it may just may be that we need to have them journey with us. Like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I believe, we believe, Scripture is evidence and the history of humanity has been proof that when God shows up, things change. The more joy you find, you will find more joy when you find Jesus. Even in the struggles of life, joy will be the baseline of your life when Jesus has full access and authority to your life, where you have surrendered everything. You no longer hold it back for yourself. So how much time do we find ourselves in life in the life-giving presence of the almighty creator of, of, of all things. How much time do you find yourself in? I have a Bible. It uh, sits on my shelf. I have it in a box because I really want to protect it, which is odd, right? Because the word of God should be used, not kind of protected. But this one I want to protect. It's my grandfather's Bible. Um, my aunt gave it to me, uh, and she thought I might like it, and I definitely do. Uh, it's an old Bible. It's brittle. Uh, as you open up, um, I can tell that my grandfather spent time in that book. And I have to say this. I believe that it's because the time that my grandfather spent in that book that I am here today. And I wonder, for you, um, who spent time in the book so that you could be here today? And here's the other question. Who will be able to say that about you in 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years? Will someone be able to say, I am here today because my dad, my mom, my grandpa, my aunt, my uncle, my brother, my sister, because they spent time in the presence of God. Good news brings great joy. What kind of news are you in the habit of receiving? I got to be honest with you. This is honest pastor moment. It is becoming easier and easier to become overwhelmed by the bad news all around us. I have to be honest with you and say that there are times in my life where I just want to crawl into a hole. 
I want to turn everything off. I want to sit on the, I want to sit in front of a bonfire and sing Kumbaya. I, I, it's, it's almost paralyzing. Except, except for the fact that I know that there is another source of news, good news, that lifts us from our frustration, lifts us from our despair, lifts us in our anxiety, lifts us in the midst of the darkest, and brings us joy. Where are you in the habit of receiving your news? Um, this next statement might be considered somewhat political, um, and if you want to take it that way, then fine. Um, but there's a lot of politics in the news media outlets that you and I are listening to. Are we willing to let that be the rule of life for us? Or do we want to hold tenaciously to the reality that God's word is the rule for life? And while this may bring up all sorts of chaos, the word of God reveals that there's a God who knows how to deal with the chaos and can transform that. That is what Advent is about. That is what Christmas is about. The wise men were overwhelmed with joy when the star stopped over the place where Jesus was born. They were overwhelmed with joy. The ladies at the tomb that morning after Jesus was uh, raised, they were filled with fear and joy because of what the angels, the messengers, had said to them in that tomb that day. John, Jesus' cousin, I love this one. I, I, it would have been interesting to watch this one leaped for joy when Mary entered the room with Jesus in her womb. John leapt for joy. I don't know about you, but our world needs to get excited about some things that are going to last. The story of Jesus is not just for you. It's not just for me. It's not just for us in this room. It's not just for those of you who are watching online. It is for all people. The danger can be that we become so busy that we forget what we have. That it brings joy to our lives and joy for those around us. Invariably, um, at different seasons in ministry, uh, we have always had uh, at least one of what I would call, um, uh, uh, we, we've always had a Snoopy, uh, a uh, Charlie Brown. We've always had someone who just is ho-hum and just sees the world falling in on them. And uh, there are some people that I have deeply loved who have fit that role. And there are so many times where I have said to them, but do you realize what Jesus has done for you? Um, let me just throw this out there real quick. And it's this. When you are interacting with people, and uh, what you are saying should make a difference, but it's not. Would you pause long enough to consider why? What might be going on? Would you, would you commit to maybe just living a little longer with the people around you so that you can understand the life that you're interacting with so that people might know that the source of joy is always God?
Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org slash give. Thanks again for listening.